The Gemara in a number of places, just to give one example, Megillah, Daf, Tesvav, Amad Aleph, but others as well, brings down the idea that is pretty well known to us, Shakala Omer, Dover B'Shem Omro, Mevi Geula Olam. That if you are quoting an idea and you give proper attribution, you cite it in the name of the source that you learned the idea from, that you heard it from, that that on some level brings Geula to the world. Uh, and there are times in which a proof text is quoted for this. Not every time the Gemara brings the idea down does it quote the proof text, but the proof text often is quoted in Chazal from the Pasuk in the Megillah, where it says, Vatomer Esther Lamelech Bishem Mordechai. When Esther told uh, Achashverosh about uh, the information that she had gleaned from Mordechai about Big Son and Seresh, that Mordechai had detected that and had shared it with Esther, who then told Achashverosh, she made sure to give Mordechai the credit. And of course, uh, many prokim later, uh, the big part of the pivoting of the story towards Geula happens because Achashverosh can't sleep, and he realize, he remembers that uh, he, his life was saved and that Mordechai had been given credit but never rewarded. And we all know uh, the story. And the, the Gemara and Chazal are highlighting that because Esther told Achashverosh this in the name of Mordechai, that's why Mordechai's name was in the book, and that's how he could get rewarded and bring the Geula and help the Jews of Shushan. In addition to this uh, being cited in the Gemara a number of times, it actually already appears in a brisa in the sixth parak of Perkyavos, which is the list of the Memches Kinyane Torah. Um, in that parak, we have a very famous brisa that lists the Memches Kinyane Torah, the 48 different methods that are necessary to uh, establish a true mastery, a true ownership over Torah, the Memches Kinyane Torah. And number 48, the final Kinyan, as the Brisa tells us is, Omer, Dover, B'Shem, Omro, uh, that is number 48. Somewhat uncharacteristically, and we'll get back to this, Imerz Hashem, later in this year, um, the Brisa actually in Perkyavos continues and says, Halamadata, Shakala Omer, Dover, B'Shem, Omro, Mevi, Gulo, Liolam. Not only does it just list concisely this as an idea, as one of the 48 Kinyanim, it then adds, after all, we know, Halamadata, that this idea of called over Shem Omro brings the Gula and quotes the Pasuk in Esther as the proof text. So what I would like to do in today's shear, which is a general shear about the topic of Omer Dover B'Shem Omro, as well as the final shear in this series that we have given on all 48 Kinyane Torah, is to first understand just the basics, what is being referred to, um, to see where we get this from, and then more broadly to extend the conversation and understand um, the severity of this idea, how it specifically relates to the Kinyane Torah, and then finally, more broadly, um, and particularly opportune for this time of year, as we are on Rosh Chodesh, um, starting in the nine days now, um, what exactly does this idea have to do with Geula? How is it that this you know, something that we're certainly thinking about in the nine days. Um, we all want Geula, certainly this time of year. How is it that HaOmer Dover B'Shem Omer, what, what exactly do Chazal have in mind? So to start, uh, so to speak, just basically from the beginning, uh, at the, the basics, what are we talking about? So in uh, Pirkei Avos, uh, the Tzveres Yisrael here on this Brisa points out that we're not just talking about Lo Mebaya Shlo Yit Labesh Betalas She'en O 
which is a nice turn of phrase, which a number of commentaries use. We're not just talking about outright plagiarization, wearing someone else's talus as if it's your own. Uh, that's just obviously dishonest. Rather, says the Tzvarish Yisrael, Yechabed lemalamdo kol kach. You have to give such honor to the person who taught you things. Shaliyomar stam kach shamati. Don't just, you know... Uh, attribute it anonymously. Rak Yaskir Shemo Livracha. Specifically mention the person's name uh, to give them the credit. And as other Mepharshim here in Avos point out, this is obviously not limited to Divrei Torah. The whole source of the of this idea from Esther and Mordechai had nothing to do with Divrei Torah. And other Mepharshim point out, it's not just when the person you'd be quoting is Mordechai. It's anybody, even if that person is otherwise, uh, so to speak, less learned or quote-unquote smaller than you. Whoever it is, if you've learned something, you have information, you should quote it in their name. Now in terms of the very basics of what is included in this idea, there's a big discussion actually in Poskim about the definition. Is just saying, Amru Chazal, or the rabbis say, or uh, some say, or I read, you know, in very generic terms, um, is that sufficient? Is, that, is there something problematic with that? The first Yisrael kind of alluded to it, uh, but other Mepharshim really debate. Uh, there's a note of Yehuda and, uh, and others who discuss this question. Uh, moreover, others discuss, what if you have a Chiddush, you have an idea of your own, and then you see that someone else already said it. Do you still need to quote that in an earlier source's name? That's an interesting discussion, and among others. Uh, but just in terms of a basic musr of the idea, I uh, saw so a very interesting uh, insight in the Mikhtab Eliyahu in the fourth volume, Chelid Dalid. He goes with the assumption, as we mentioned from the Tzvaris Yisrael, that uh, even though maybe you're not doing anything objectively wrong, if you uh, quote something implying or making it clear that it's not your own idea, but yet don't yet name the source. But he assumes that this particular idea, this aphorism of Chazal, that's mevik ula leolam, it must be, uh, it's not enough to just say, I saw this in Sarim, or I heard, but if you want to bring the ula, you have to mention the person's name, or the book's name. And the reason is, he says, because even if you make it clear that it's not your own, but if no other name, no other source is mentioned, then all the listeners, all the people who are hearing it from you, they will only have you as a point of reference, and therefore they'll still be impressed with you. Because the only name that they have is you, even though you admitted, and honestly, I saw this somewhere, I heard it from someone. But if you want to really bring Geula, it requires that level of honesty and humility that introduces the name of the true authority, the true source of information, so that the people who are listening can give that person uh, the proper credit uh, that they are due. Uh, this idea of the honesty and the integrity is something that we will we will get back to. Uh, it is worth noting in some of the uh, Mepharshim, even in Perkyavos, uh site, that a number of sources in Chazal um, actually attribute that this particular uh, behavior of quoting in the name of the original source, attribu- attributing the original source, goes back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. The Gemara in Gittin, Davava, Medbeis, for example, uh, in the famous discussion about the Machlokes of the Pilegish Begiva, uh, but describes how HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is overheard, as it were, uh, discussing this, and is quoted as saying, Evyatar bini kachu omer. That's his shita. Yonatan bini kachu omer. And not only describing or dealing with the machlokas, an intriguing idea in its own right, although not our topic, but going out of its way, the Gemara says, in God's own mouth, kaviyachol, to attribute which shita goes in which name. But maybe in a more incredible source is a medrash which appears both in Bamin Baraba and Parsha Yotes, as well as in the medrash Tanchuma and Parsha Schukas, in which it describes in the name of Rabbi Acha, B'Shem Rabbi Yossi, B'Reb Chanina, Amar, they both say, 
that b'shosh Allah Moshe Lamara, when Moshe went up to Har Sinai, Shema Kolol Shal Kadosh Baruch Hu Yoshi Vaosek Bepara Aduma, and Kadosh Baruch Hu was so to speak learning the halachas of Paraduma. And what did Moshe hear? That Hashem was saying halacha b'shem Omra, specifically Rabbi Lazar b'ni Omer, and then going through specific chidushim in Paraduma, the Rabbi Lazar, and again mentioning him by name, Rabbi Lazar said, and the Medrash very powerfully. And vividly describes how Moshe was shocked and almost bothered uh, by this. Amr Moshe Lafana Ribona Shalom. How could you do this? Why are you doing this? Right? Everything is yours. Up the upper world, the lower world, everything is yours. You're giving credit to Rabbi Lazar, you're attributing something to Rabbi Lazar. Before it was before there was a Rabbi Lazar, there's no Rabbi Lazar, it's all yours. You're quoting halacha in some random, uh, simple human being's name. So Kadosh Baruch Hu answers, Amrlei Tzadik Echad Asid Laamod Baolami Baasid Liftoch Baparshas Paraduma Tchila. That there's a certain Tzadik who will one day be in the world, and he will be the unique expert in Paraduma. And evidently, left unexplained is exactly why, but unquestionably, the impression you get from the Gemara is that this was very, very important and clearly the right thing to do, and that's why it's underscored by the fact that Hashem Himself is doing that. He's quoting it in the name of Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar hasn't even lived yet, but he will be the one who is credited in Torah Shabbal Peh, offering a certain opinion, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes out of his way to quote uh, the opinion in his name. And this certainly highlights, again, the, and underscores the importance of this, and why it's a great Mechaev. If Hashem does this, then obviously uh, we should as well. Uh, one Additional point is also quoted by Rav Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shemayim in his commentary to Prakyavos and others, that if the person you're quoting is actually someone who's already passed away, whether it was your actual teacher or you saw something in a sefer, so then by quoting that person, that source, um, you are actually creating a reality that the Gemara describes as Sifsosav Dovavos Bekever, that the lips of the deceased are, so to speak, speaking in the grave. Uh, this is an allusion to the idea that the Gemara Yuvamos and Daft Tzadi Vav Amad Bet, Tzadi Zayin Amad Aleph, uh, tells us with a powerful story where Rabbi Lazar didn't attribute something uh, precisely and accurately that he had heard from his Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan. And the Rebbe got very, very angry. And the Gemara goes through a number of points, but at the end of the Gemara it says, why did Rabbi Yochanan care so much? And the Gemara answers, Sif Soso Devos Mi Kever. Um, so this is another intriguing idea that if the person that you're quoting um, is... Uh, not even alive, so then not only is there this mevi ge'ulal olam, which sounds great in and of itself, but then there's also other cool idea that you can, so to speak, bring people to life. If and when you quote um, someone who is no longer alive. All of this is just to kind of lay the groundwork for what can happen and what's important. But it's also worth noting that Chazal, in a number of places, um, further highlight the importance of this in the negative. That is to say, they focus on the severity of not attributing, um, attributing, um, and giving proper attribution, uh, to your source. If the Gemara and our Bryce and Perkeyavos, uh, talks about maybe Gulal Olam, the positive side, the flip side, the negative, is also highlighted in a number of statements of Chazal. For example, there is a Yalkut Shimoni in Mishlei, which says that anyone who quotes something, you know, but not in the name of the person we heard it from, is over Balav. You violate an Avera. The Yalkut Shimoni also, even earlier in Mishlei, says anyone who quotes something but not in the name of the person they heard it from, maybe Kalalal Olam. You bring great curse uh, to the world. And um, in addition to those statements in Chazal, um, 
the Maharal Bach in a tshuva uh, points out that there's a certain you know obvious logical deduction that we can make because of the Gemaras and in the Brisa and Perkyavos tell us about this incredible reward of Geula for someone who says something with proper attribution B'Shem Omro. So then it makes sense that if that's how good it is, if you don't do that, it must be correspondingly bad. And an amazing source is uh, the Kliyakar. The author of the Kliyakar also has a book of essays called Ololos Ephraim. And there in the introduction to Ololos Ephraim, he writes how terrible it is that various svarim lift from other people without attribution. He too uses the phrase we saw previously, Otef Patalish Eno Shalo. He's wrapping himself in someone else's talis, so to speak. And then he goes so far, does the Olos Ephraim, and he says that this is the reason for the delay of the Geula and Mashiach. Now, in and of itself, that sounds quite hyperbolic. You know, I, I could believe that this is a widespread problem. That I could believe. You know, people, uh, you know, trying to pawn off other people's material as their own. I could believe that. But that's going to be the reason for the delay of the Gula, the delay of Mashiach. But the truth is, it's not crazy at all. Because all the, the Kliyakar, the Olos Ephraim is doing, is just applying the inverse of the Bryson Chazal that we started with. If quoting and giving correct attribution is maybe Gula Olam, then by not doing so, seems clearly that it would delay Gula, bringing Gula Olam. So really, uh, quite remarkable. Uh, moreover, there are also Midrashim and Mefarshim who base themselves on these Midrashim who make an even more specific and in that sense sharper attack on people who would violate this admonition of Chazal uh, and don't quote in the name of their source. The Medrash Tanchuma in Bamidbar as well as the Yalkut Shimoni uh, in Mishlei say both, and I'll read you the, the Lashon of the uh, Tanchuma, Anyone who quotes things but doesn't give its original source, doesn't attribute it, attribute it to the right source, and quotes a pasuk in uh, Mishlei there that refers to somebody who steals. You steal from a poor person. Um, and it seems like the Medrash is saying that you're on some level a ganif. You're a, you're a thief if you take people's information and you don't quote them on it. Um, the Medrash Shmuel in his commentary to Perkeyavos on our Brisa here at the end of the Memches Kinyanim, the very first thing he says is, anyone who does not quote Torah in the name of the source that he heard it or read it from, and learned it from, is a Ganef. He says it just straight out. Uh, the Sefer Hasidim uh, slightly differently, the Sefer Hasidim says that you violate losasik vlurecha, right? You have encroached on someone else's property, as it were, because you have taken uh, their Torah. And in a really amazing and powerful source, uh, the Al-Sheikh HaKadosh, they are commenting on Mishlei, the same posuk that the Medrash was quote, was working off of, Per Chavbet, Posuk Chavbet in Mishlei, the Al-Sheikh says that Ha'ola Mizeh, what you see from this, again, based on the Chazals that we saw, Kikveide Ma'od Gzeilas Memra, Me'asher Amra La'omra, Shalom Yishmo, Me'gzeilas Mamon. If you quote somebody's idea to someone else, but you didn't give the original and true source uh, the credit for it, you didn't attribute um, to the proper source, it's worse than stealing money. It's worse than taking their wallet, ripping them off. How so? Says the Al-Sheikh, powerful words. Kizeh gozel as gufov, zeh es nefasho. Es nafsho, excuse me. Zeh gozel as gufov, zeh gozel es nafsho. You just, just, quote-unquote, steal someone's money, that's something that's merely 
physical. That's bad. It's terrible. But if you steal their Torah, you steal a person's ideas, you're stealing something spiritual. You're stealing their essence. And that is even worse than stealing their money. So, on some sense, we could say Ad Khan was almost an introduction, uh, certainly to the Brisa here in the end of Avos, uh, but just a general, more background information. We've seen uh, how important it is. Um, we've seen quickly made reference to some of the halachic issues even that could come up. We saw that Hashem himself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, models this behavior. It can reactivate people who are still you know, in the grave, brings them back to life on some level. We've seen the severity of not giving proper attribution. But now let's turn to uh, the two issues which are really burning at the heart of uh, not only the general uh, idea in Chazal, but especially the way it's quoted uh, in Perkeavos at the end of Kinyan Torah. It's the 48th of the uh, Kinyanim. And it's before we even analyze it, just to add one further an additional source, the Medrash of says, if you don't quote in the name of your Rebbe, you will forget your Torah. And says uh, anyone who is Einhart Talmud Rogil Lomar Shmua Mishmo Shel Rabo Lamachar Toraso Mishtakachas right somehow tomorrow immediately he's going to forget his Torah right so hard to take that exactly exactly literally but again certainly Chazal uh, highlighting how necessary this is it's not just one of the forty eight Kinyanim if you don't do it uh, your Torah will be forgotten um, and the question whether it's on this particular medrash or the fact that this is one of the Memches Kinyanim, that this is on the list in Perkyavos, the simple question is why? I mean, what does this have to do with Kinyan Torah? You know, you would think that certain other things which are on that list, and we've given, we have given previous shurim on every one of the uh, Kinyanim, but some of them make obvious sense why, either on a moral level perhaps, or certainly on an academic and intellectual level, these are things that would be necessary, certain attributes necessary to master and to maintain your Torah knowledge. But this seems to be, you know, you're a nice person, you're a good, honest person if you quote people, and you're obviously a little less if you don't. But this is a necessary thing you can't learn other than that. This is, you lose your Kenya Torah or you can't obtain a Kenya Torah without it. Um, you know, and especially, especially since the whole source of this is from Mordechai and Esther, and that had nothing to do with Torah at all. So where do we see from that that this is somehow necessary to Torah? What's, again, it's a nice idea. It's, it's menschlich to quote people. Fine, I get that. But why is this somehow particularly connected to Torah? How exactly is that really helping? So there are a number of answers in the Mefarshim, and I'd like to hear in Perkyavos uh, in particular, and I'd like to review those, uh, a few of those, and share some of the highlights. So the Medrash Shmuel here in Avos uh, gives what I think maybe is, um, you know, the, to some extent I might think it's the most oft-quoted, and it's very easy to understand, very rational and very insightful idea. And he says that um, if you always are careful, and you always do quote original sources, then you will feel a need to work harder at your own learning so that one day you'll have your own ideas which you can just quote in your own name. It seems to be premised on a certain human psychological need, idea that we refer to sometimes as kinas sofrim, that people want uh, and to, I guess in learning, to some extent, this may even be legitimate, but it's certainly natural, uh, that people would like, you know, to get the proper, uh, you know, to, you know, to be, you know, if you, if you know Torah, if you have something, people want to have, uh, you know, the credibility, 
maybe even the covered a little bit, that comes with being known as a person who knows Torah and has original ideas. So if you're always quoting just what other people said, you know, they're going to get all the credit. And, you know, maybe you won't be so much. But if you're careful about that, and you have that limited and legitimate type of kinas sofrim, that little bit legitimate jealousy, uh, then the Medrashmul says so insightfully that you will be extra motivated and work extra hard to come up with your own ideas because the only way you can impress people with your own ideas is to come up with them because you are makbid on always quoting other people's ideas in their name. So you can't, since you are correctly not passing off other ideas in your own name, that will itself force you to work extra hard and therefore in that sense, by doing this, in a backdoor kind of way, it will force you to learn harder, better, stronger, more dedicated, and that will help you get to your Kenyan Torah. That's the first answer offered by the Medr Shmuel. The Maral here in Avos, in his commentary, Derech Chaim, has a different approach. And he refers to it as more of a Simon, not a Siba. That's to say that Chazal here in the list on Kenyan Torah do not mean that it will lead to your mastery of Torah, the way the Medr Shmuel read it, but rather it's an indication of what type of person will have. That is to say, someone who does this, who's very careful always to give correct attribution, is also likely to be careful with the specifics of how he quotes and is the information, and is more likely to be the person who's very careful and accurate and precise. And being accurate and precise when you quote Torah, when you study Torah, make sure you have the texts and the arguments exactly the way they're supposed to be, and not just approximately and carelessly a paraphrase, but are much more meduyak and exacting in your citations and your learning, is, says the Maharal, some we've already seen in one of the earlier attributes on the list of the 48, mechabein shmuaso, right? Again, being very clear, very exacting and precise in your learning, and, and therefore, says the Maharal, that's what Chazal here mean as well. That Kinyat Torah is really a subsect, I mean, excuse me, of, uh, maybe Dabr Shem Omro, excuse me, says the Maharal is really a subsect of that earlier, uh, Kinyan Mechavein, uh, Shmoso being more specific and exacting. This is just a broader example of that point. And the type, the type of person who would be careful in that will be the kind of person who's also exacting in his learning and therefore be successful. And someone who isn't, in the opposite, unfortunately, would not be. That's a second idea. Um, a third idea uh, is something that the Medr Shmuel himself gets to later in his interpretation and in his explanation on Arbrisa. And he alludes to something which we'll get to uh, in the last part of our shir about the role of Geula. But given, given, without, we don't yet understand why, we're going to get to that, but given that Chazal in a few places, including here in Avos, tell us that quoting something in the proper source, in the original source, brings Geula, so working off of that as a given, says the matter Shmuel, if that's the case, then this is for sure going to help you in your learning. Because Geula itself will help everyone in their Torah. By doing things that bring Geula, Memela, that will help you in your Kenyan Torah. Why? Because the ultimate Geula, the ultimate era, will also usher in an all-encompassing Torah knowledge. This is the Pasuk in Yeshaya, Perak Yud Aleph, Pasuk Tes, and other uh, sources, uh, Rashi in Yeshaya, Perak Yud Bet, the Ramam even in Malachim, Hilchos Malachim, Perak Yud Bet, uh, speak about Geula, not just in physical or political terms, but how Baruch Hashem, when we have that stage of human history, um, Torah knowledge will be wide, it'll be expansive, it'll be readily accessible to to all, um, and therefore, says the Medrash Shmuel here, in this third approach, the second from him, but the third that we are now sharing, um, it's because of, it's going to bring Geula, as we know from other sources, Mamela it will also bring Kenyan Torah, since in the time of Geula, everyone will have much more access and easier accessibility to Talmud Torah.
That's a third approach. A fourth approach I saw quoted in the name of the Sefer Imre Shefer. Um, that is the son of the Maharam Chalava, famous for his commentary on Masechus Psachim. And I saw this quoted in a Sefer written by a contemporary Tamachacham, whose name is Rav Avadja Yosef Toledano. As you may tell from his name, he's actually a grandson of Rav Avadja, like uh, Svardim. He was named after his grandfather in his lifetime, but amazingly, they didn't just give him his grandfather's first name, Avadja, they gave him the whole name, Avadja Yosef. But for him, Yosef is his middle name. Uh, his last name is Toledano, uh, and he not only has tremendous rebeim and yichus in his family, his father, his father-in-law, his grandfather, Avadja, but he's also one of the Talmudim of Hakim and on the Bezdin of Rav Asher Weiss, a very, very interesting person. Uh, he has a lot of halachas for him, um, and he also has a sefer on the Memches Kinyani Torah. So he with the kind of a kiyas that uh, his family is famous for, he quotes uh, this sefer, Imre Shefer, again, the son of the Maharam Chalava, who explains why is it, again, what we're trying to understand is what does Hamevi Dover B'Shem Omro, what does it have to do, Ha'omer Dover B'Shem Omro, it's nice, but what does it have to do with Kenyan Torah? And the Imre Shefer answers, because if you don't quote the source, so then that is both a indication of and will lead to arrogance. Right? A person who's just trying to show off um, will... Um, not quote the sources because you're trying to trick people. But more than that, even if you weren't trying to, uh, by creating a great aura and impressing people with all this knowledge that you have, even though it really isn't yours, it will cause you to become arrogant. And we have many sources in Chazal, uh, which we won't belabor now, but we spoke about in an, early, in an earlier shir about humility, uh, that humility is a necessary prerequisite for success in Torah, and that arrogance on the contrary, uh, can prevent people from learning and even make people forget their Torah. Um, some powerful sources which we discussed in a previous year. So given all of that, says Imre Sheffer, um, we're really talking about, uh, you know, we've seen honesty, but also humility is an underlying point of Omer Dover B'Shem Omro, and by not doing it, you become arrogant, and that itself would prevent you from acquiring Torah. So by having this attribute and quoting other people, that keeps you humble and that will help you uh, get greater Torah knowledge. Last but not least, uh, a fifth approach is suggested by Rav Chaim Velozhiner in his commentary to Avos Ruach Chaim. And he understands it different than everybody else. Um, unlike everything we've been saying until now, in which we have contrasted Ha'omer Dover B'Shem Omro with you just you make it as if it's your own, Rav Chaim Velozhin understands that by doing this, what really is being contrasted is by being imprecise with which authority, which sefer you're quoting. Rather, what Chazal are telling us what's very important is you should, care, you should be very careful in your own knowledge, in your own records, in your own learning, to carefully and exactingly maintain who the shitos are, what the authorship is of the different shitos. Again, this is something we might take for granted in our uh, world of not only publishing, but uh, cloud knowledge and just, you know, the accessibility to knowledge that we have in texts is unbelievable. But certainly in the time of Chazal, where everything was Baal Peh, and even in earlier stages of history where printing was very rare, um, it was very easy for things to get lost and therefore and confused. So the Chaim Velozhner says, what Chazal are telling us, you have to be very, very careful to maintain exactly, this is Ravina, that's Ravashi, this is Rabbi Yochanan, this is Reish Lakish, this is the Rambam, this is the Ravid, this is Rashi, this is Tosfos. Be very careful, don't just quote ideas, but quote ideas B'Shem Omro. Why? Because you may otherwise have a problem, because you'll see two statements that seem to be contradictory. But then you'll realize if you are maybe B'Shem Omro, oh, it's not a contradiction. This is one Rishon, that's another Rishon. This is one Amora, 
That's another Amora. Or better yet, sometimes you'll find two ideas which you might not have thought are connected, but then you realize, since you are Omer B'Shem Omro, that the author of both statements are the same. And that will force you to think a little deeper, and you may realize, oh, wait a second, this is Lashitaso. This makes sense, because of the, what this rabbi said in the first source will now help me understand what he says in the second source. So this general attitude of being more careful and exacting of exactly who the authors of each statement are will help a person uh, become a bigger Tamachacham because you'll avoid, you know, what you think are contradictions when they, since they really aren't, and you'll also be able to um, develop more consistent and insights and patterns in people, in thinkers and Rishonim and Achronim, because you know who the authors of these various uh, sources are. So that's a whole different approach than anything we've seen until now, and something that's quite, very, quite interesting. Um, just to add one more point before we switch to uh, the last part of the shir to discuss Geula, um, and that is, um, in light of all this, um, why is specifically, if, now that we spoke about for you know a little while now with five different approaches, why Omer Dover B'Shemon was on the list of the Kinyane Torah, why is it the last on the list? So one answer that I saw, which I think is really beautiful, uh, that relates to Talmud Torah in a broad sense, is offered by uh, the Mashkiach of Lakewood, Rabbi Matisio Solomon, and his Sefer Matnas Chaim. And he says as follows. He says, you have to realize that Ha'omer Dover B'Shem Omro, accurately, honestly, giving attribution, quoting the sources that you learn from, that's not just an independent, standalone action or behavior, but rather, as he puts it, it's a midah ba'adam. It's, it's, it's a defining aspect of what kind of person you are. It shows that you're honest. It shows that you're humble. It shows that you're authentic, that you don't want credit for something that's not truly your own. In that, once that's understood, says Ramatisio Solomon, we then appreciate that this activity, this action, this behavior, this attitude of Omer Dover Shem Omro is not only a behavior or even a midah that's just Ben Aram Lachavero. You're doing the right thing vis a vis your teacher, or your friend, or whoever that other human being is who is your source. That obviously is the case. That's the self evident part. But says Ramatisio Solomon, if you realize that it's this deeper mido and many midos that are actually reflected by this behavior, so that it's not only a ben adam idea, but it's actually also an idea of ben adam in that it serves to remove any sense of kochiv otsem yadi, people thinking that they are in charge, it all comes from me. You know, if you, the more you uh, quote things that aren't even yours, uh, and the bigger you make yourself th- you know, seem, not only in the eyes of other people, it's a very short jump from trying to uh, impress other people to becoming very impressed with yourself. And therefore, says Ramatio Solomon, uh, having honest, genuine, uh, authentic, hakara satov, gratitude towards other people, alive or not, who have taught you things, who have given you the sources of ideas that you got ideas from, that behavior characteristic, once you develop that mida vis-a-vis these other people, that same mida will help you when you have other good things in your life in general, and you'll acknowledge that the true source of those is not kochiv atzam yodi, didn't come from you, but it comes from ha. Kaddish Baruch When good things happen in your life, even if you put in a lot of Heshtadlos, but good things happen, and we understand that in addition to, or despite, or in addition to our efforts, which we, ha- we have and we have to put in, but ultimately lots of people go to work, lots of people are smart, lots of people try hard in lots of things, Torah and otherwise, and not everyone's equally successful. So when we have great success, or even moderate success, um, instead of saying, oh, it's because of me, it's because of my efforts, 
the type of person who is also Omer Dover B'Shem Omro and always makes sure to give proper attribution, says Matisha Solomon, that person is also much more likely to give proper attribution to the good things in his life in general. That is to say, credit HaKadosh Baruch Hu with being the great source of blessing uh, in his or her life. And therefore he says, if you, just that acknowledgement, that inner acknowledgement, not to anybody else, just between you and yourself, that inner acknowledgement that all these blessings in our lives, despite or even in addition to our efforts, but ultimately come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that attitude is a form of Omer Davur B'Shem Omro, says, says Ramatizyaw Solomon by being mityaches, by attributing all the good stuff to its ultimate and true source. Rabbi Solomon adds, in light of all this, which I think is really a beautiful insight, that's why, he says, Haomer Dover Shemomro is the last, number 48 of all the Kinyanim. Because, he says, the ultimate Kinyan Torah, ultimately, as we have discussed in previous Shurim, and many sources for this, ultimately, the ability to truly learn and master Torah, it's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to do our Heshtadlos, but without HaKadosh Baruch Hu gifting us the Torah, we will not succeed no matter how much efforts we have. And therefore, he says, this Midah, HaOmer Dover B'Shem Omro, this Midah, understood expansively, as we have just explained, it's not just about the technical act, as important as that is, but it's not just about the specific or technical act of quoting a Sefer or a Rebbe that you heard a share from or that you learned something from, but rather this broader idea of honesty, authenticity, humility, understanding who the true source of the things in life are, that more expansive idea, that media that if a person has, that will truly make you worthy. Because then, he says, there's no machitza between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's nothing standing in between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in your life, and therefore that makes you so worthy and likely to get the gift of Torah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, now, finally, to move on to the last section of the shir, which is the fact that the brisa here in Avos continues and makes this connection, as we mentioned, to Gula and the source of Mordechai and Esther. So from the perspective of uh, the Memchas Kinyani Torah and Perkei Avos, this is just strange, because, as we mentioned, this is the 48th of the Kinyanim, and in all of the preceding ones, in all of the 47 other Kinyanim, in almost, if not all of them, um, there are myriads of other statements in Chazal that could have been quoted to show how important said Kinyan is. And yet no other time did Chazal do it. They just list one after the other after the other. 47 straight statements. A, comma, B, comma, C, comma, D. Until you get to number 48, until you get to this one. And now only this one does it say, only here do we say, and we know this is so important, after all, uh, the Gula thing. Like, why should that be? Why is that the case at all? So, the Medrash Shmuel gives two answers to this question. The first answer, he says, is that there isn't really any connection between the whole Gula idea, which is in a few Gemaras, as we mentioned, and the fact that this is one of the Kinyanet Torah. Rather, it's just saying that obviously we know already, we, before we ever opened up Perk Yavos, before we opened up Perk Vav, before we even heard of 48 Kinyanet Torah, you know, obviously, it's well known to you previously that this is a very important behavior, a very important mida. After all, <laughs> look what it says in the Megillah Esther. Look what Chazal say that it's maybe gula leolam. So haraya, that's a great proof that this is important, and that's why it's on the list. Okay, interesting. Uh, the Medrash Shmuel is a second answer, which is really, really fascinating and beautiful. I think he says no. There actually is a direct correlation, a connection, and that's why it had to be included. And basically, says the Medrash Shmuel. 
the the Tana here is answering the unasked but very important and obvious question, which is, why is this important? Why is this necessary? What does this have anything to do with achieving Kenyan Torah? Now we, a few minutes ago, asked this question and gave five answers. But in this vein, says the Medrash that's why Geula is mentioned, to explain why it's important for Torah. Since this brings the Geula, Memele will help our learning since, as we mentioned previously, the ultimate error of the Gula will usher in an all-encompassing uh, Torah knowledge. So by repeating, in other words, by repeating teachings in its original, in their source, that brings Gula, which itself will bring greater uh, Torah knowledge. So this is an idea which we mentioned when we were giving the five answers to why this is connected to Kenyan Torah. But the Medr Shmuel here in his second answer specifically is asking, why do we mention this whole idea of Gula? So he answers, in his second answer to that question, he also doubles up, and he says, not only can I answer why it's in the Brisa here, but it also is a, an additional answer, as we had previously seen, to the more basic question of how does Omer Dover Shem Omer actually help a person's Torah? And finally, just to conclude this year, uh, one final section and uh, question to deal with is, why is all of this true? Let's leave now per se, let's leave the idea of the Memchas Kineri Torah per se. Why is it true? Why is it that HaOmer Dover B'Shem Omer brings the Gula in general? Or what does that even mean? So first of all, just to mention a very beautiful source, which, at least for me, I only would have found the source since I was coming to the topic through Perkyavos, and that is in the Sefer, the commentary, the Chassid Yaivitz wrote on Perkyavos, so the, here in, in the sixth chapter, uh, he quotes an idea which he, in the name of the great Rishon, Rabbeinu Hananel, who in Parshas Chukas, he says, when he discusses the sin of Moshe and Aaron at May Meriva, so he says, Rabbi Nechanan, that the real sin, we know there are many, many answers in the Mepharshim. What did they do wrong with the water and the rock and that whole Parsha? Rabbi Nechanan is quoted as saying that what they did wrong was here in Bamidbar Parak Chaf, Pasuk Yud, Hamin HaSela Hazeh, Notsi Lachem Mayim. And Rabbi Nechanan understands the word Notsi, implying that they gave, that they were giving the impression, they were implying that they were the source in bringing the water out of the rock. As opposed to what they should have said was, Yotzimayim, which would have implied that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again, whether we speak, hit, whatever, but it's not, that was the emphasis of the mistake, says Rabbi Nechanano. Rather, their mistake was they implied that they were the ones who were uh, the source of the water, and really, of course, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's Rabbi Nechanano. So the Chassid Yaivitz, based on that Rabbi Nechanano, he says, ah, in that case, now we understand what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, two psukim later, Lachain lo taviyu es hakal hazel lahem. What's the Lachain, therefore? The emphasis is on exactly this point. Since you didn't say it, B'Shem Omro, you imply that you were the source of the water, you didn't say it, B'Shem Omro, as it were. That Hashem is the original source, Lachain, therefore, you can't be the ones to bring Ge'ul of entering Eretz Yisrael. Now, this doesn't explain why the punishment was so severe, but it fits beautifully uh, with the broader idea which Chazal take for granted, which is that quoting people, giving correct attribution, brings Ge'ula, and therefore says the Yavitz, with Rabbi Nechanano, since Moshe and Aaron didn't, Mela, they couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael, they couldn't experience the Ge'ula, the completion of the Ge'ula from Mitzrayim. But what about the question which we raised? Why? What's the connection to Gula? Right? Especially if you think about it, if I pass off other people's ideas as my own, that seems to be obviously problematic and inappropriate. You know, basic lack of Derech Eretz. We saw Chazal refer to you as a Ganav and other such things. So just because I'm not that, that's enough to bring the Gula? So, a few answers to that question. First of all, Rabbi, Rabbi Lau, in his Yachel Yisrael here in Avos, so he suggests what he thinks is the simplest answer, which is 
that he had no sanus. You're right. It is a very straightforward, simple, um, derech eretz dika thing to give correct attribution. And therefore, Chazal are teaching us that small things can bring gula, especially on this list of the memches, many of which are very challenging to learn, even if you're a Tamil Chacham, to have humility, and to learn with simcha, if you want to enjoy learning. Many other things in this list are very hard. And then comes the ultimate, the final opinion on the list, and it's simple, small, obvious. You know, don't be dishonest. Don't, don't pass off other people's information as your own. And that, even small things, can bring gula. That's sort of by Lau's, you know, drush, if you will, possible suggestion. A second answer um, is offered by the Mechtam el We quoted him before. Uh, this is in Chelek Dalet of Mechtam el And he says that, you know, almost the opposite of Rabbi Lau, which is that it's not so... Again, it depends on the case. If you really make it seem as if it's your Chiddush, so then that's really basic dishonesty. But the Mechtam el is going with the uh, idea that maybe I'm not dishonest, I'm not stealing anyone's Torah, but I just say in a more general, vague sense, you know, I heard, I read... Chazal say, the rabbis say, the tzaddikim say. So how come that doesn't bring gula? Only if I say it in the name of the person. So it says the Mechlem Elio, because we're being doresh from the person, not just basic, general honesty, but super duper honesty. And if you say, you know, in some general sense, in Svarim I heard, that's MS, but there's a little sheker, not a lie in the way we usually think of it, extreme, but just, I didn't give the full truth. And therefore, says the Mechlem Eliyahu, the reason this is linked to Dafka to Geula is because he explains that the nature, the meaning of Geula, the real deeper meaning of Geula, is revealed truth, is revealing the ultimate truth. Right? It's, it'll have political sovereignty, all sorts of other benefits, we'll go back to Eretz Yisrael and Beis HaMikdash, but all of those things are really uh, tools to have the revealed truth of, you know, Hashem Echad Echad. So Geula equals truth, and therefore only people who are Really, really, the full, full truth, super honest, Omer Dabur Shem Omro, can be the ones who bring the uh, Geula. The Maram Shik, actually, I saw, also in his Likutim on Avos, makes a similar idea that Geula is the Alma de Kashot, the true world. And therefore, someone who's you know, not fully living up to the truth uh, is a contradiction to that. So that's a second answer. A third answer is uh, found in the Sefer Minchas Yitzchak, the great tshuva Sefer of Dayan Weiss and Chelek Tesev as tshuvas. And he goes back to the idea which we saw earlier in the Shir of Sifsosav Dovos Mikever, that when you quote people, if you're quoting people who have already passed on, you are, so to speak, bringing them to life. They are speaking from the grave. So he explains, takes this very literally, very literally, says, therefore, if Sifsosav Dovos Mikever says, if you brought them back to life, and that helps bring the gula, because now that Sadik's Zuchuyos, He's alive. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is judging the world. Wow. Is the world at this moment ready, deserving of Geula? If you're quoting, uh, I don't know, the Rambam and Rashi and other big uh, tzaddikim, if you're doing that, so then they're alive now. So now HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not only adding up all the people of the suyos of the people who are living in 2019, he's adding up all the suyos of all the tzaddikim who are being quoted B'Shem Omram. Um, and therefore that is certainly going to help bring the Geula. A fantastic uh, idea um, if you take this sifsosa very, very, very literally as the Yitzchak seems to do. The final two approaches I want to share uh, to this uh, shir uh, and to this series um, are from the Maharal in the Der Chaim. It's a very, very long piece here in the Maharal. Uh, most of his commentary on the Memchas Kinyane Torah, most of it are, is not that long. You know, it could be a line, two, three, even four or five at most on each of the different uh, attributes. But here he has a very, very long at, uh, commentary. One of the things the Maharal says here, and this will be our fourth answer, 
very is a whole Maharalian approach to the world, but we'll just explain it very much Bikitsur here. Says the Maharal, Hakarish Baruchu organized the world so that each part of Torah would be discovered by a specific person, a specific neshama, who's perfectly aligned to that specific part of Torah, perfectly calibrated and aligned. And therefore, going back to that Gemara we saw where uh, that Medrash, where Hashem overheard Moshe quoting Rabbi Lazar about Paraduma, so says the Maharal, that's because Rabbi Lazar's neshama was perfectly calibrated, perfectly fit, attenuated for the Chedushim in the Halachas of Paraduma, whatever that means. But given that fact, says the Maharal, that's his scheme, his understanding of the world in Torah, that's why it's so important to quote Torah, B'Shem Omra, in the name of the authors. Why? Because if you don't do that, Imlo Yasakach, You are actually you know, messing with the, the Seder that Hashem had for the whole world, because Hashem has specific Seder, a specific organized um, you know, structure in which this Rav, this Tana, this Chazal, this great Rabbi, this Rishon, will have this particular halachos. There's a certain seder to the whole creation, says the Maral. And by you quoting it in the wrong name, or quoting it in your own name, or whatever, you're messing with the seder ha'olam. Um, on the other hand, if you do quote it, you give correct attribution, you do quote it in the name of the source, then you're bringing ula, because as it were, you are, quote-unquote, returning the Torah to its rightful owner. That particular great Rav Chacham Rishon Chazal, who really authored the idea. And so too, Mida Kenegin Mida, says the Maral, Am Yisrael are under the rule of others, but our rightful place is to be exclusively in the rule of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, in, we will merit Geula, because by you quoting it in the name of the rightful owner, so to speak, of the Torah, Mida Kenegin Mida, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reward us by returning us, as it were, to our rightful owner, uh, to him. Um, so that's um, one idea that the Maral quotes, the fourth approach, again, to this question of in what sense is if we all want Kaula, hopefully we want it all the time, especially in the nine days. Um, what sense is it? So the Maral explains as a fourth answer, based on his very elaborate, interesting scheme um, of how the world was created and how Torah was created. Finally, for a fifth answer to this question, um, the Maral has an, another idea as well, which is also really, really um, intriguing. And this, I think, is a, a perfect way to end the shear, especially uh, this close to Tisha B'av. Um, and that is, the Maral says as follows. When a Karish Baruch Hu brings a Yeshua, when he brings great salvation to the Jewish people, to the world, it is important to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that everyone be aware that he is the true cause. Now this is not because Hashem is some uh, egomaniac, insecure, uh, who knows what, like the way we are, that if we do a good deed, often we figure out all sorts of ways to make sure other people know that we did it. Chas v'sholem, of course, that's not what the Maral means. But rather, he says, it's important for HaKadosh Baruch Hu that people realize that he is the author of the, of the salvation, because that will bring Kiddush Shem Shemayim. And that is the ultimate goal of the whole world, um, is for people to be aware of the truth of Hashem's presence in the world. So uh, ultimately, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides to intervene in history to bring a Yeshua, it's, he doesn't say it's exactly this way, the Maral, but he gives you the impression that it would almost be besides the point if it happened anonymously. Uh, obviously, sometimes Hashem splits the Amsuf and then it's, you know, more obvious, and other times it's a nascent star, it's less obvious. But says the Maral, the point of it all is always for Hashem's name to be known, for him to be known as the author of the salvation, so that the glory, the Kiddush Hashem, can be increased. As an example of this, he, of a proof of this, he quotes the Apostle Yishmos in Perek Zion, uh, right? I want the, the, the Mitzrayim should know, when I take you out and I did all the Makos, etc., they should know that it comes from me, that it's me who's 
punishing him. It's me who's taking you out. It's me who's bringing the makos. It's me who's doing the miracles. Um, so given that assumption, says the Maral, when Hashem does has shluchim, has messengers, has people, as in almost all cases, the miracle will come through the behavior of human beings, human messengers, he'll choose shluchim that are the type of people who don't take credit for themselves. Since these people are the types who are always, maybe Dover or Omer, Dover B'Shem Omer, they're always the type of people who are looking to give credit to the people who truly deserve it, to the original and ultimate source of the knowledge. So the type of person who's Omer, Dover B'Shem Omer, is the type of person, says Maral, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to choose to be the instrument of his salvation. Both Mordechai and Esther demonstrated that. Mordechai could have um, just gone straight to Achashverosh, or Dafka asked even, even if he couldn't go straight to Achashverosh, but he certainly could have asked Esther, Dafka, say it in my name. But he didn't, because he wanted Esther to look good. And Esther, when she went to Achashverosh, she could have taken all the credit for it. Instead, she wanted Mordechai to get the credit. He, Mordechai to look good. And it's no surprise, says Maral, that these are the two instruments of the salvation in the time of Purim, because they both have this need that Akash Baruch is looking for. So when Hashem brought the miracle, and Purim is a perfect example of the ultimate Nes Nistar, where everything just looks like political machinations and just good luck and good timing, but we know what happened the next year, what did Chazal do? What did, led by Mordechai and Esther? They instituted a holiday. Make sure you realize, even though it looks like it's just all good diplomacy and political you know, good timing, but really the author of everything was the Melech, the Melech with the capital Mem. It really all comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So more broadly, says the Maharal, that's what's going on in general. That's why, whether it's Mordechai and Esther or anyone in the future, we all hope to not only merit Hashem's Geula, but who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to be, uh, on some level, the messenger uh, or the partner with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in being maybe the Geula? Says Maharal, you want to be that kind of person who merits to be around for the Geula, you want to be the kind of person who merits to maybe the Gula, even in a small part, be the kind of person who's Omer Dover B'Shem Omer, who gives attribution to other people, who doesn't look to take credit for themselves, but rather wants the true sources of the good thing of the salvation to be known, the true sources of the Torah to be known, you give credit to other people when they have Torah, that's the kind of person that HaKadosh Baruch is going to want to bring the Gula for, and bring the Gula through.